Um, thanks, thanks everyone. It's it's good to be here. I um I feel very supported and loved really, and um I know I can f and Jeff here because I know it's a fine tradition of that, so that's good. Um, that's good to know. Yeah, I um I haven't been feeling that anxious to be honest. I uh recently, uh, yes, yeah, funny really. I mean, up until not so long ago, I got very very anxious about these. Think the speak the few times I've done it, I got very anxious, um, and uh, today I felt quite calm and peaceful. As I felt supported and loved, and appreciated, which is, you know, what's not to like about that, and what's what is there to get worried about really? Whatever I say, even if it was absolute shite, which would probably only be moderate shite, you know. Um, I know it won't matter here, and I know I'm among friends. Um, so that's that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I know I haven't been invited to. Um, well, I love seeing the little hearts and things go up. That's great. Yeah, um, I know I haven't been invited to give my chair as such. And um, uh, it's nice, you know, it's nice to to speak. I mean, I. Um, you know, obviously, I'm aware of. A, I never said I was an alcoholic unless I've said it without remembering but I am an alcoholic and um yeah um you know my parents were heavy drinkers or as they never said they were alcoholics really you know nobody ever said that and the family was alcoholic on my mum's side and my dad's side you know uncles aunts even you know and then cut co my cousins you know we we're all in the similar so um so that was a sort of led to a very troubled kind of a chi childhood with quite a bit of violence and stuff, which I don't know whether that was to do with alcoholism or not really, because um, my mother was very ag aggressive psychologically and physically when she was sober. So I don't know what that was about. But um, and then um, you know I got into um, all sorts of trouble through my through my I was a binge drinker like them so it took me a long time to accept realize and accept that I am an alcoholic because with binge drinking you know if you can go for weeks or months without a drink how can you be alcoholic that was my thinking and I know you all know know about that you know you either you know it you've heard other people say that or you think it yourself so um yeah it took me a long time and um, some of you might be thinking, well, if he's three years sober today, what the fuck's he done with the last 68 years of his life? <laughs> Which uh, obviously is a, it is a thought. But yes, I'm one of those characters who've been in and out of AA for a long time. Um, you know, decades and decades, really. Which I suppose I started going again about five years ago. And um, but since we've gone on to, you know, the pandemic and zoom have come that's really helped me a lot you know and i uh i find i respond much better to zoom i get a lot more out of it than i did going to the rooms somehow i think partly you know you can see everybody's faces i can lip read um i can see sometimes people put little hearts up or little messages it's very sort of supportive whereas in the rooms there's no little bubble you, you know, it's all the back of people's necks, isn't it? And there's no bubble that goes up and say, oh, Laurie, that was brilliant. Aren't you wonderful? Which, of course, is what I it's meet and drink to my ears. So, but seriously, though, I have found Zoom very helpful. And I'd never given a chair, never been asked to till I came on Zoom. I'd never been secretary of any meeting. 
till we came on Zoom. There's all sorts I've done on Zoom and it really helps me is all I'm saying, really. It really, really helps me. And um, I'm involved with other things on Zoom that have nothing to do with addiction. You know, it's really, really brilliant. So that's, that's lovely. But, um, I did have um, psychotherapy for a long time and um, about three, 13 and a half years, I used to go two or three times a week. And, um, you know, I uh, had a lot of trouble with anxiety and uh, I think I had suicidal feelings then. I I'm not, can't quite remember, but um, I know I do nowadays get suicide. I call them S feelings, my sponsor knows that, but um, not suicidal thoughts or plans, just a feeling like nihilism, I suppose. But um, anyway, she, she helped me a lot obviously and um made a huge difference i mean i think she's you know i often think she saved my life i mean the years have passed since then and i'm not always intensely in touch with how it felt to see her well I, not that i did see her she used to sit out of sight behind me i lay on the couch but um so i get in touch with gratitude and tenderness towards her sometimes and i know what she's given me but also my partner michael um We've been together 49 years in August. And um, he, I always think he's my first therapist, um, unofficially, you know, because he's just a very, very loving and uh, empathic person. And I got a lot of insight. And um, so he's, he saved my life first. But um, I think she, she sort of liber brought me a sort of liberation that I could live my life more fully and more freely and more creatively. So that was... That was really, really, really good. Um, I mean, I still had, obviously, obviously it's not a magic wand. I still had things I was tr troubled with and found difficult. And um, I mean, one of the things I used to find difficult, um, I might still on occasion, is going out. I'm, I'm mainly, I seem to be mainly over that now, going out. Uh, I'd be in the back garden and have to rush in because everybody was watching me, of course, you know. But um, so she helped me with all sorts of stuff like that, you know. And um, I felt like a more ha much more happy person and come to terms much more with my childhood through that. Um, I won't say I would recommend it to anyone because uh, maybe it doesn't work for everyone. It's fucking hard work, you know. It's really, really painful emotionally, and. Uh, she could be a really tough bitch, if I can put it that way, um, psychoanalytic language. But I mean, she was really, really tough as well. So she didn't let me get away with stuff, uh, which was good. But um, it didn't feel good always. But uh, yeah, I used to lie there and scream sometimes, cry, there'd be snot everywhere, kicking, not kicking her, but just kicking on, you know, all that, you know. But it's brilliant, really. But then, um, and then in the end, I trained as a therapist myself. You must be thinking, oh, my God, is the so um, I'm retired now. But um, so I was able to put that to good use in another way, apart from what it did for me. But when I think back, you know, I've always helped people all my life, but I didn't always understand that that was how I helped myself. But when I was a child, you know, and, uh, you know, at junior school age and a teenager, I used to visit old people, you know, and... Um, I used to visit, we seem to have a lot of blind people, quite a few blind people. I used to visit blind people and I didn't realise what a lot I got out of that because they were like 
almost an alternative family, if you like. They didn't get drink, drunk, most of them, and they weren't abusive ever. And so there was, because then, so I've, I've realised looking back at my life, and then um, before I was a psychotherapist, I was in other work. It was always working with people and helping people in inverted within the limitations of my own limitations, you know, my own limitedness. So I keep saying limit. Yeah. So um, but obviously I got I got better at it over the years, but then then you're even more aware of limitations, you know. So, um, but also, you see, if I had trouble going out, I didn't have to go out, did I, as a psychotherapist? I used to, I worked from home, people came to me, I only had to take my slippers off of a morning and put my shoes on and a tie in those days. And there was a room upstairs and people came every 50 minutes, you know, and um, I often felt like shit and that terrible anxious thing of a morning that some of you will probably know about, terrible anxiety, still get it sometimes. But whatever I felt like, I had to see them. And um, so I, and then after, you know, they, I saw somebody at eight every morning. By 10 to nine when they left, I'd got myself into a better position, you know? Because um, I'd had to concentrate on them intensely and forget myself. And then it, 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 had, it had a good effect on me. So that really helped me. That really helped me. And but I look, looking back on that, it, I feel it was a very creative time of my life. Quite a few, couple of decades or three decades. I can't quite remember, to be honest now, but um, it really helped me. And I know I, you know, I know from my supervisors and my training that I was a good therapist in the end and I did do a good job. I felt that. But the thing was, it was so deeply satisfying to me. Uh, it was incredible. But of course, psychotherapists, not one person, it's two people. And the person lying on the couch, you know, obviously they have their own wisdom and their own everything. So I was just helping with that really, but it was, it was a tremendous experience. But since I've been, uh, these last two years, especially on Zoom, coming to AA meetings, and also I discovered codependency last year, probably. I've never really heard of it before. It doesn't seem to be something that it's probably called something else in the psychoanalytic world, but anyway, whatever. And I realized I had codependency issues. So I found going to those meetings very, very helpful as well as AA and this fellowship. And um, I like the way you can talk about, you know, put your feelings into words and nobody's shocked or bothered or, you know, that's really, really helpful. So that's helped me. And I realized, you know, I mean, I never thought when, when I stopped seeing my therapist, I didn't think that like I was healed or that was that was that. But you, you have to end eventually and do it on your own. But then coming uh, this fellowship, I've realized there's other stuff as well that, to address and perhaps come at it in a different way, you know. Um, because obviously dealing with one person in a way lying on a couch is one thing, but when you come to these fellowships, there's, there's all these people. And I, what I've experienced here is a lot of acceptance and support from you all. And um, it really helped me. And it's, it's, it's um, you know, I do, I do get pretty paranoid, if that's the word. I get the idea that you all hate me. And then, um, or maybe sometimes just some of you hate me, not all of you, but the people I like the most hate me or somebody I fancy or whatever hates me, the, you know, so, and then um, 
you know, I have to constantly sort of come at that really. Although I've been feeling better in the last week or two is about that. I don't remember. These things all come back and bite me on the arse from time to time. It probably keeps me on my toes, doesn't it? And gets me out of that chair. But yes, yeah, so um, it's, it's really, really helping me profoundly to be able to come and say that over and over and to, and to, to receive so much love and care in these rooms. And also to see what you see what you do for other people. I, I see what you do and how you help other people. And then I think, oh well, if he's accepted, I, I must be rationally, or if she is, I must be. So that's um that's really helping me, you know. And then just a few weeks ago, I went started on one of these writing writers, writing meetings, writing for recovery, and um I never I never thought I could. I like reading, but I never thought I could write anything much. But uh, in the end, I get very anxious about stuff. I did go to one of these and I realised that everybody there writes something unless they choose not to with seven minutes and you you just write. And then if you want to read it, you can. And I realised I was very surprised to find I was writing all about my mum and dad, my childhood, all that stuff. You know, I thought, oh, here we go again. But um but I found I could really write. And then I, I just tried to, as a discipline, make myself read it as well. And I found I, I found satisfaction from reading it and people's responses. And I found that very, very therapeutic, I have to say, in this short time. So it's like different things um, helping me and coming to me. Um, which I, I'm thankful for. And, um, and just... In the last few days, as far as I remember, I've I've had thoughts coming to me about my parents that are very positive and about my childhood and not just all this stuff about being attacked and bashed and humiliated, all that. I've had other thoughts coming in like the 13th of May was my mother's 13th anniversary of her death, funnily enough. And um, the last three weeks of her life, I was with her the whole time. The hospital let me stay. They just they have one of these big chairs, you know, they call them geriatric chairs. Sounds politically incorrect. But anyway, they're very comfortable and spend the night sleeping there, you know. And because uh, she was very vulnerable and very ill and she could have died. And, and, and she did in the end. And um, it was a beautiful thing being there with her. And um, it reminded me that it's like there are, were two sides to my mum, you know, two sides. And she had a very loving side as well. And it was one day, I don't know whether it was nighttime or daytime, but she opened her eyes and stirred and I was sitting there. And she looked around, she's always, and she said, are you, they called me Lawrence, are you our Lawrence, she said. And I said, yes, my mum, you're Lawrence. You know, that was a really beautiful moment in a way. It's a, it stands in for all the beautiful moments, doesn't it? And um then they took her off the urgent list, which meant you went back to ordinary visiting times and you're no longer in imminent danger of death. And Michael and I were visiting her one afternoon. There's a session between two and three. And, um, and uh, she just said, I'm, uh, I want to go to sleep. And uh, I did think you mean big S or little s, but you always think sleep is little s, don't you? Why do you anyway? And then she said it again. Well, it was like a question. I wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Yeah, you go to sleep. You mind? I've got your hand and Michael's got your other hand. And she just said, I'm desperately tired. And then within about the next eight minutes, um, she died. Now, I, I didn't realize. Or, 
mean, I did do work years ago where I, I was with dying people a lot, but I never realized she died. It was so peaceful and imperceptible, imperceptible. Um, oh, my lips are sticking together now. Um, I should have brought some water. But anyway, that was so that was really beautiful to be with her. I think good for her to have someone with her. But it's beautiful for me and for Michael that we were with her when she died. To, um, no, I'm just thinking the time goes quicker than you think, doesn't it? So, um, so yeah, recently I felt some sort of other healing, if that's the word, or some sort of some sort of movement and um, seeing good things in my parents and my childhood. And I've been thinking about, and some of these little things I've written have been about them and about different people in when I was a child. There were some lovely people in our village, you know, and I, sort of coming back to me how lovely it all was, especially before when I, you know, before puberty, that age, junior school age, it was particularly lovely, you know, and it was out in the countryside. And um, I think I was lucky to be born at that time and in that, and to be in that place, you know. I mean, um, I used to go and help the farmer. <laughs> he never told me to F off. But um, it must have been a very patient man. But um, but he had between 15 and 20 cows, you know, and he, he milked them by hand and I used to help him sometimes. But I mean, that wouldn't even be a small holding today, would it, in, the, in, the, in these islands anyway. So um, it was a lovely time to be there and it wasn't all one way. I'm glad to know that. And, um, I'll just mention one or two people who've really helped me and influenced me, if you like, or given me joy, given me strength in dark moments. One is Mae Sarton. I don't know whether you know her. She's dead now, but the American novelist. And she wrote particularly her book, A Reckoning. I've read that more than any other book, probably other than the Bible. I've read it so many times. It's, it's full of tears and full of joy, but May, may sort and a reckoning, it's out of this world for me. And the other thing is Jimmy Scott, you know, um, he's got that wonderful voice. And um, he was treated badly, badly as a black man in America. And um, his recordings were suppressed. But anyway, they're out now. Loads of, C quite a few CDs by him. And I love lots of standards, you know, like I'll be seeing you and all sorts of standards are out of this world, Jimmy Scott. So he's he's been another inspiration. There's lots of inspirations, but there's just two of them. And I, I did just want to close by reading a couple of wee things I wrote, very brief. And I just feel they, you know, they say what I want to say really. Um, so um, to put it simply, Famous last words. Often those four words lead to something complicated or emotionally difficult to take on board. I can remember my seven-year-old head spinning as a child with panic stomach, all hope of taking the simple thing in, gone. Any hope of holding onto it, given up. All those years ago, I do remember, remember now, being in the woods, the huge trunks and roots above the surface of the green canopy held up by sturdy branches. 
cool on a hot summer day, carpeted by moss as well. Then coming up to the large blue-gray rock, so strong, so... Uh, I sit on you and feel your presence, staring hope. And this other wee one. I can't believe you remembered. I can't believe you remembered. But why can't I believe you remembered? Perhaps I expect to be forgotten or simply overlooked. But what is that expectation based on? I feel my self, my head sinking. But what is that? Am I just being negative, overly negative? Is this sinking in my head really me sinking in a momentary or just me sinking or just a momentary flickering of my circuitry, my wiring? Because truth to tell myself, I have been remembered often, many names, not names, times, many times, even now without my knowing it in any direct way, I am remembered. I know I'm being called to mind. I have a clue about this because I often find myself thinking of you, remembering you and you and you. Thank you.